Hello, and welcome to the Crispin Commentary Daily Mortgage Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Crispin, and I do really appreciate you listening on this Friday, February 5th, 2021. The Daily Mortgage News Podcast is something we officially launched at the start of this week, and while the positive reaction has been welcomed, the product we provide you is only going to improve as I slowly learn things like a real podcast voice or smoothly mix sound. Smoothly mix sound. Topics on this episode include homeowner equity, trigger leads, and the latest forbearance figures in addition to part two of my interview with Garth Graham from Stratmore Group. Today's podcast is presented by Stratmore Group, a leading mortgage industry advisory firm that provides a range of advisory services and programs designed to counsel lender CEOs and senior executives. Stratmore provides solutions that increase growth and improve profitability in sales, marketing, technology, operations, and mergers and acquisitions by leveraging comprehensive proprietary data and key insights gained through extensive experience in the mortgage industry. Stratmore is well known for its collaboration with the Mortgage Bankers Association on the Peer Group Roundtables program. Find out more about Stratmore on its website at stratmoregroup.com. One thing on lenders' minds is the health of borrowers. Remember when the CARES Act was signed and all the quote-unquote experts thought forbearance issues would crush our market? I wonder if they were the same ones predicting the wave of REOs and the glut on the real estate markets 10 years ago which never materialized as homes were snapped up by a variety of buyers. It turns out that a large portion of U.S. homeowners are equity-rich due to higher values. Seriously underwater properties, which are those having a combined loan balance of at least 25% more than the property's market value, now account for only 5% of properties. To view the full story, check out the link on robchrisman.com. An MLO works with a borrower for months on refinance. The ex-brother-in-law is removed from title. The appraisal comes in at value after the lot line dispute is settled. And once the missed payment on the car loan is cleared up, credit is rerun. Suddenly, your borrowers are being contacted by a swarm of lenders after a credit report is run. Most, if not all, MLOs have had borrowers quote-unquote stolen through the selling of quote-unquote trigger leads. A trigger lead is a marketing product created by the national credit bureaus. After a borrower applies for a loan, Information about their application is sold by Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax to various lenders. Borrowers can head this off. What are lenders telling their MLOs to do about it? Triggers are sold by their repositories, so it does not matter what software is used in obtaining the lead or processing the loan. Education of the staff, referral partners, and borrowers is the most effective means of preventing confusion, protecting a lender's reputation with borrowers, and maintaining integrity. Consumers can opt out of these solicitations, though the process takes up to five days to activate. So some MLOs and lenders convince the referral sources to opt out consumers before the borrower is referred to the lender, timing it so it will not take effect before credit is pulled. Some vendors recommend registering the borrower on the do not call list as well. Experienced MLOs let their borrowers know that if they haven't opted out before you pull credit, their phone will ring from competing companies. Let's get right into part two of our interview with Garth Graham, senior partner at Stratmore Group. We talked a little bit about technology in part one of our interview, which aired on Wednesday. From a technology perspective, lenders are often interested in the newest, shiniest object. What are a couple pieces of advice that you would give a company that comes to Stratmore to help it buy and then roll out new technology? Sure. 
So we've been doing a digital um, technology adoption survey for four years. So we've actually got data from 2017 through 2020. And we break out digital adoption into a range of features. There's about 28 of them. So it includes things like what percent, you know, are you a lender? Have you adopted? The easy one everyone understands is electronic disclosures or electronic document upload. Have you, uh, have you implemented those capabilities? And then the follow-up question is what percent of your transactions are taking advantage of it? So we have 28 examples of that. And I will tell you that across the board, lenders are continuing to adopt more of these technological features and it's really ramped up and in many of these segments that adoption level is above 50 percent and when we started this in 2017 this survey there was no feature that was above 50 percent the flip side of that coin though is there are hardly any of them where the adoption level is over 50 percent so it's almost half the lenders have got have are adopting these features, mostly uh, because the vendors are supplying it for them. However, not many of the lenders, over half the lenders, have not um, yet gotten a high adoption on many of those features. And what that usually comes down to is not necessarily the technology itself; it's the people in process. So we always say, you know. In order to implement any sort of change or especially a digital mortgage type scenario, you need to have people process and technology change. And the lenders have gotten pretty good on the technology, but not all of them are really good on the people and process part. So I would say, you know, the biggest thing is you got to do all three and you need, you certainly need to be um, on the forefront of trying to roll out these digital technologies, but you need to be sure that they're usable and that they're actually being used. Stratmore is involved with many companies interested in either buying other companies or selling their own company. What are a couple misconceptions that you're seeing with either buyers or sellers? The amazing part is that we are very active in M&A. And M&A was significantly hotter in 2018 in the beginning of 2019 when the market was worse there were more deals getting done than right than there are getting done right now so we as an industry especially on the sell side have a unique ability of waiting until the worst possible moment to sell our companies and um, i'm in conversations constantly with with mortgage bankers who say yeah but i'm doing so well why would i sell and you want to say, you know, <laughs> you just you, you started this, Robbie, by saying this is not a, a psychological discussion. So I don't want to try to put the industry on the couch. But at some point, it's like you should be selling when you're strong, not when you're weak. I mean, if any of these companies ever felt like they'd have a year where they might have made $20 million when they normally made five, wouldn't they say yeah, that's enough? And, you know, timing the market I started out by saying, I know refis will drop and I know margin will compress. I just don't know when. Neither does anybody else. So to me, the right time to at least prepare yourself for sale and the right time to approach a sale is when you're a few months to six months early, not when you're a few months to six months late. So, you know, the premiums will drop like a rock. The potential premiums will drop like a rock. And, you know, the ability to retain maybe your salespeople through a cycle will 
be significantly harder when pipelines are smaller. So, you know, it's the right time to look at that. If it's something that's in your future horizon, it's the right time to look at it now, not wait until the next 2018 comes. Well, Garth, thank you very much for coming on the Crispin Commentary podcast today. Hopefully we will have you on as a guest in the future. I really enjoyed our discussion. No problem. Thank you. After the 30-year Treasury climbed to its highest level in nearly a year yesterday, due to the release of a better-than-expected jobless claims report, the MBS basis closed mix versus treasuries and tighter versus swaps. It would appear markets have moved past concerns over retail trading mania and have turned focus towards stimulus optimism. Dallas Fed President Kaplan said yesterday that he expects sluggish growth over the next two or three months until vaccination progress is made, but that he also expects 5% growth for the year. For the day's three MBS Fed trade operations, the desk purchased nearly 100% of the $7.175 billion max with a 50% hit rate as over $14 billion was tendered. 22% was in UMBS 15s, 51% in UMBS 30s, and 27% in Gini 2s. Today's schedule sees the desk purchasing up to $5.2 billion maximum, 1.5% and 2% over two operations, starting with $3.6 billion UMBS 30s followed by $1.6 billion UMBS 15s. Before those Fed purchases, we have some economic releases to attend to. The bond market is being driven this morning by the passage of the stimulus bill. But it's the first Friday of the month, and before those Fed purchases, we've had the usual spate of payroll information. The January unemployment rate came in at 6.3%. Non-farm payrolls were up 49 k lower than expected, but it appears that jobs are being restored. And hourly earnings were plus 0.2%. The December trade deficit was $66.6 billion. After the job data, we began the day with agency MBS prices worse down nearly a quarter, and the 10-year yielding 1.15 after closing yesterday at 1.14%, driven by the stimulus package. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Jacob, age 92, and Rebecca, age 89, living in Miami, are very excited about their decision to get married. They go for a stroll to discuss the wedding and on the way pass a drugstore. Jacob addresses the man behind the counter. We're about to get married. Do you sell heart medication? Of course we do, says the pharmacist. How about medicine for circulation? All kinds, says the pharmacist. Medicine for rheumatism? Definitely, says the pharmacist. How about suppositories? Pharmacist says, you bet. Medicine for memory problems, arthritis and Alzheimer's, vitamins, sleeping pills? Absolutely, says the pharmacist. Everything for heartburn and indigestion, says Jacob. The pharmacist says, we sure do. Adult diapers? Sure, says the pharmacist. We'd like to use this store as our bridal registry. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us. We hope you found it informative and efficient. I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Stratmore Group, the trusted mortgage advisory with advisors who guide lenders to make smart, strategic decisions, solve complex challenges, improve the borrower experience, increase profitability, and accelerate growth. Be sure to check out the Stratmore website at stratmoregroup.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Daily Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from. (laughs) 